So what do you see the purpose of, I have a question for you guys, this is the beginning, what do you see the purpose of Christianity being? I think it's changing the world by changing the hearts of one person at a time. I think uh, as I was uh, reflecting on this, I was thinking about all the things I thought I could never change or yeah. or help other people, point them to God to help right. them change. Right. And I was like, all these things, at one point I was completely faithless about or didn't believe I could ever change yeah. and didn't believe other people would change. Sure. And from developing that personal relationship with God, for me, I was able to, to change uh, everything. So when I was thinking about the uh, the first century church, I think it's it's not it's actually not comp- doing what now. It's not completely different. It's uh, it's getting that same heart and applying it in different ways. Yeah, like this podcast, for example. Right. Um, so I think it's I think the heart is the same as the first century. Uh, Christians, but how we uh, reach yeah. uh, out to th- the people is different than back then. We're not walking on foot to different cities. We're, you know, we're online. We're on this podcast right now. So, um, I mean, some of the things that I thought I could, I could never change uh, was my uh, addiction to pornography, my addiction to, to people pleasing, my uh, everything think, about me. Think about the average person worries about those things. I think the average person has something, maybe not those specific things, but has something mm-hmm. that they want to change and can't. Um, do you, yes. Do you, so, so do you guys sit around and talk to your friends, your, yeah, your, your best relationships, your friends, your family about, about building the church, about changing the world? Is that a normal conversation for you to sit down and say, to one of your family members, hey, you know, um, or, or or a friend who's a Christian, how do you think we're going to change the world, or how do you think we can, how do you think we can make a difference in the world? What do you think the church's role is in the world? Do you guys do that? If not, why? If if so, why? If 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 not, why not? I definitely don't do that. I think because I'm so consumed with, um, I'm so consumed with what's happening in front of me right now, where I'm in constant reaction to. Uh, oh, I think fear drives me a lot. Um, it's very occasional when we talk about how we're going to change the world. I mean, that's more, a lot more inspiring, a lot more um, invigorating and in conversations. But I think fear, I think um, I'm still trying to, I think my mindset is I don't want to repeat all my past mistakes or what I didn't like. Uh, okay, so when you were growing up, what, what, what was it you guys like talking about when you were in high school, in college? What did you like talking about? Talked about girls. Girls, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. That's common. <laughs> yeah. Basketball, uh, winning, basketball. sports. So when you, when you, what about you, Mike, you haven't said anything. Uh, I was going to say WWF wrestling. Seriously? So we, yeah, <laughs> all day we talk about, we would talk about our favorite wrestlers and then we would, you know, act out the moves and the, yeah. the personalities and stuff. Like, I mean, that's like, you know, do, 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 do you get, like, like one of the things I think a lot about and, um, Welcome to Deep Spirituality. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking today about building a 21st century church. One of the things I think a lot about is when when I was in college, and that's when I became a Christian, we spent an incredible amount of time sitting around talking about how to make our small groups work, sitting around talking about how to build great house churches. We would, we would sit together as 21, 22, 23-year-old guys who, you know, we had a lot of issues a lot of immaturity, a lot of weakness, a lot of uh, sins that 
that we had not overcome. But, but the thing that we were passionate about, that, that was our favorite thing to talk about, was how are we going to make a difference in the world? How are we as Christians going to make a difference? When I became a Christian, I did not want to be part of a church. I, the idea of church, going someplace two or three times a week, sitting and listening to people talk, singing songs, did not appeal to me at all. So when I became a Christian, it, it, it didn't appeal to me even after I was in it. I didn't sit there and go, oh, wow, I get to sing songs. And we had these little songbooks in our hand. I get to sing songs and listen to people talk. And every now and then go to a, an event. That didn't inspire me. And I think what is a concern to me in the 21st century is that a lot of people think that is what the goal is. I, I really believe that. I'm sure there are people sitting out there right now disagreeing with me. My name is Russ Yule. I'm here with Mike Query. Ray Kim and Nick Strong, we're talking about the 21st century church. I, I don't, I, I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends who are Christians. Their favorite thing to talk to me about is not how do we change this world? How do I build a small group? How do I build a house church that changes my street, my city, my neighborhood? And that's really what I think we need to be discussing today and excited about it. They smile about it. They get like, we would watch Larry Bird play because he was playing basketball when I was in Boston. And we would watch Larry Bird and cut out articles from the Mm -hmm. newspaper about Larry Bird and use them as a way to talk about what does it take to build something great? We'd be like, the Boston Celtics are great. How do you build that something great? How do you play on a team? And so today, I guess what I want to have with you guys is a discussion about why is it that people aren't more passionate? I'm not saying they're not committed. I think a lot of people are committed to being Christians, but why aren't people more passionate? Why aren't they sitting there going, wait a minute, I've got 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, if I'm lucky, 100 years of life, and I could actually change the course of the world. I'm just wondering, because when you look back at history in the first century, they changed the entire course of the world, depending upon what historian you want to read. Right, right. The first century church was what broke down Rome and 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 broke down dictatorships that addressed poverty. Like they changed the way the world functioned. And I think sometimes we only think in terms of, am I able to deal with my personal sins, my personal problems? Am I able to make all the services? And to me, that's such a small part of what Christianity is about. And so what I'm curious about with you guys is, does that ever disturb you? Do you ever get like, man, what we're doing right now, this isn't it. I don't think Jesus sat around going, hey, uh, what time are we eating dinner with so-and-so? And, 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 and you know, I, I'm not saying he didn't, but I think he, he sat there and went, in my 33 years, how am I going to change this world? Do you guys ever think about what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's for me, I get wrapped up in thinking about small, and I think I make God and what, what he intends, intends Christianity to be is small. I think the thing I do get passionate about, and and I don't think I get beyond this, is changing a life, like a one life at a time. I, I get passionate about yeah. it. Me and my friends talk about it, yeah. but it's usually on the scale of one or two people. Yeah, and I don't really get beyond that. Do you believe that we can change the world as Christians? I it's think. Okay to say yeah, that. I think I. It it depends on the week, I think, to be honest. I think sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. What about you guys? Do you believe that we can change the world as Christians? If you don't, it's okay. I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people go, I think we can change a person. I think we can have a good 
small group. I think we can have a good house church. I think I can stay committed for the rest of my life. I think we can have a good conference. I'm not sure how many people believe you can change the world. I'd say most of the time I don't, to be honest. I mean, I I think I can, because my it's a faith thing for me. Like I can believe that I kind of cap God in the sense of like, you know, we can have good events or we can do good community events, or community service, you know, but I don't like really think very often about like, you know, we can change the course of history. Um, I think that's probably personal to me, my relationship with God and the way that I think about him and myself and the changes I make personally. Um, but, but yeah, day to day, I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. So how do you stay inspired? Um, I think it's like what I mentioned about the events. It's, I don't know if inspired is the right word, but I think I try and just hype myself up about, you know, um, it's, it's like, well, I'll make it about church. Well, if we can make church, if we can change the music up a little bit, you know, or if we can, you know, yeah. have a good organized, you know, make this event really fun. You yeah. know, like I, I kind of, I'll get excited about that, you know, but that only take me so far, you know, like, cause if it doesn't go well or I'll just get bored. Let me, let me, uh, let me read a scripture to you. It's, it's not in our, we, we, we have a script put together, uh, everybody, but we, you know, we're doing this one a little different and we hope you enjoy it. We hope you stay with us. Cause I think it's going to be good. It's, it's already good to me. Um, so if I'm the only one who listens to it, that'd be fine. <laughs> in first Corinthians nine, just listen to it. You know how it says in uh, whatever it is, first, second Timothy, it says, don't give up public reading of the word. The word of God is meant sometimes to be listened to, not to even be followed, just to sit there and listen. Remember they didn't have smartphones. They didn't have notebooks in the first century. They sat and listened to a guy talk, but listen to this. And then I want you to tell me whether or not you think this is about changing the world or having just a good church or having just a good, uh, potluck dinner or having a good, you know, do good event, or if I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but I'm saying this guy I'm going to read about, he sounds on fire. He sounds like he's got a fire and a passion inside his heart. I am free. Those three words, I am free. What he's saying is I can do anything I want with my life. I am free and don't belong to anyone. But, I've made myself a slave to everyone. I do it to win as many as I can to Christ. Now, the funny thing is people focus on Christ, but I think I like these words, these five words. I do it to win. He said, I'm free, but I'm giving up my freedom to win. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. That was to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one who was under the law. I did this even though I myself am not under the law. That was to win those under the law. To those who don't have the law, I became like one who doesn't have the law. I did this even though I am not free from God's law. I'm under Christ's law. Now I can win those who don't have the law. To those who are weak, I became weak. That was to win the weak. I have become all things to all people. I've done this so that in all possible ways, I might save some. I do all this because of the good news. And I want to share in its blessings. In a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. You know that, don't you? So run in a way that will get you the prize. All who take part in the games train hard. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I do not run like someone who doesn't run toward the finish line. I do not fight like a boxer who hits nothing but air. No, 
I train my body and bring it under control, then after I preach to others, I myself will not break the rules. If I did break them, I would fail to win the prize. That's the NIRV. To me, when I read that, I read about a guy whose whole passion in life is changing the world. How do you guys hear it? Man, I, I mean, I'm sitting here stunned because I just read that this, this morning. And, um, man, the, thing, the, the, the part that I like is how much he wanted to win. Yeah. And just this just, just all insatiable desire to win. Win what? Uh, I think just winning people, winning like winning souls, like winning. What is win? What is winning souls and people? I mean, that for for our listeners who aren't don't go to church a lot, they may not know what that means. I think it's changing people's lives. Yeah, I think it's helping them understand that they don't have to live. Um, I mean, I, I just remembered I shunned church because I went to a private religious school, and I just thought church was just no thanks. It was just a bunch of rules and and a lot of hypocrisy, myself included. But I think it's giving people hope. Um, you know, helping people see that you know, there's a bigger purpose for your life. Uh, it doesn't have to be defined by, I know for me, it was not defined by my past or defined by my family or my culture. It was just kind of what Nick was sharing earlier. Like, I never thought that there were bigger things or a bigger purpose that my life was meant to be. What do you think passion comes from, guys? Like, that guy, Paul, is writing in 1 Corinthians 9, and he's, he sounds to me passionate. He sounds like, right. you know, we get excited about Michael Jordan or about, you know, some great leader that we really respect that changes the world, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi. You know, if you read history, you may look at FDR, you may look at Abraham Lincoln, you may look at uh, George Washington, uh, you may look at uh, uh, Indira Gandhi, uh, you may look at uh, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, All these people did great things in the world, regardless of what you think about their politics, because of passion. They were, because you can't get through pain and suffering in life unless you believe you have a sense of destiny and purpose. And, and that makes you, destiny and purpose makes you passionate. And so, what, 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 I mean, like, what do you think about that? That's what I was going to say. I think a deep belief, but not just a belief. It's because you've already actually taken action on it. So it's become something deeper than, oh, I'm going to try this. Yeah. No, you've you said, yeah, I'm going to try this. And then you go after it and change it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I remember um, I'm thinking about in college when I started studying the Bible to get a personal relationship with God. I, I dropped out of the business school to go pre-med. That didn't work out very well. And then uh, I went into <laughs> sociology, and I ended up going to this place called the Bill Wilson Center, and I ended up helping uh, being a counselor yeah. for teenagers who were in unsafe situations, right. a lot of Norteños, Serenos, which is gangs in the area, yeah. and teenagers pregnant, stuff like that. I remember trying to help these kids. Yeah. And and uh, you see the same kids again, and one in a hundred make it to college, and that's a success story. But I'm studying the Bible, and for the first time in my life, I felt free. Like I I was being honest about stuff that I had hidden for years. I yeah. was uh, what I actually tried to love. I had a, a tool, the Bible, tell me how to do it yeah. versus failing <laughs> and just kind of living a selfish life. Yeah, and I I realized it clicked for me that. Man, me just being a counselor and making sure these kids have food, that's all fine, but that's not changing their life. Yeah. I was like, I'm literally changing my life right now. But I remember there was a rule. You couldn't talk to the, anybody about politics, religion, or, or anything your, meaningful. That program? Yeah, because yeah. I, I, as I was working there, and I was like, man, I'm changing my life. I can't help the, <laughs> these these kids change their lives. And mm-hmm. it, it dawned on me, I think, um, uh, I started believing because I started seeing it seeing the Bible come true in my life because I had friends uh, inspiring me and helping me and, and 
and calling me to apply it to my life. Mm -hmm. And it became a deeper belief. um, And that grew into a passion, I guess, to to help people in a way I had never done before. Um, So I I think it started with a little bit of faith, but then um, it grew into a deeper belief or a vision um, because because I saw it come true in my life. I saw my life change in a way. And I think that's even 1 Corinthians 9, one of my favorite scriptures. Uh-huh. That, I think that's part of why Paul was there. He he bought into that vision and that belief, and he saw his life change. He wasn't free before, right? So he's like, I am free. Like that meant something to him. He was grad, grateful to God, grateful for Jesus from freeing him from all the sins that plagued him. So he lived with a passion because right. that, that gratitude and that love – Combined with that vision and faith, I think drove him. Okay. So I don't know. That's what I, I was thinking of. What are you guys thinking? Is this a tough? Is this a tough subject to discuss? It is for me because I think what I'm. Re- I mean, as I'm listening and, and thinking about this, these are things that I don't think enough about because I think I'm pretty comfortable with just doing the quote unquote right thing or um, focusing on what's immediately in front of me. Um, but when I think about passion, I'm thinking, thinking there's few – I mean, there's definitely things that I'm passionate about. But what I hear from what Paul was sharing, I'm like, I just think that I get really passionate when I feel like um, I get to do something that I never believed I thought I was able to. Like uh, when I was when I was able to help um, my uh, uh, family members, um, whether it was with my dad going through cancer or just uh, learning how to reconcile relationships because I just totally gave up on it. I was like, wow, I, I was able to experience something, whether it's re- reconciling with my, my sisters, my dad, my mom, that I had just given up on because I just mm-hmm. thought this is not possible. Right. And so when I actually ex- experienced it, I thought, man, that means if I could do this or if, I can, if this can happen to my family, then why couldn't happen to all my other friends? Right. And that's what got me. So, so, so this is very interesting. And, 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 you know, Nick, I think you do change lives when you uh, uh, take care of giving people food and housing. So I think you were changing lives. Sure. I, I think there's, there's, a, there's certainly e- eternally changing lives. I don't want people to think you didn't think that. I know you were changing lives then. It's sometimes that we can, you know, in comparison, in comparing food to eternity, obviously there's, you know, the right. higher weight is on the eternity, but if you don't eat and you don't have some place to stay, you might not live long enough to get it. So I think you were changing lives. Here's the thing I'm thinking, though. I'm not sure I agree with what Nick said, and you follow up on it. I don't know that I believe that passion comes from doing things. Like, I don't know that I believe that. Like, to me, when I look at history and when I look at the scriptures, one, passion comes from God. He fills your heart with a purpose. Right. Yeah. Nehemiah was like that. But two, I think passion takes place in the heart before you do anything. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Let me read you a few scriptures. Mike's being awful quiet, so I don't know what he's thinking over there. <laughs> Psalm 13, 5. Just, just, you can just listen. Lord, I've always trusted in your kindness, so answer me. I will yet celebrate with passion and joy when your salvation lifts me up. Then this is in Psalm 15, verse 2. They are passionate and wholehearted always sincere and always speaking the truth for their hearts are trustworthy. Then same chapter, Psalm 15, verse four, they will speak out passionately against evil and evil workers while commending the faithful ones who follow after the truth. They make firm commitments and follow through even at great cost. And then in Psalm 17 and verse one, it's a priestly prayer by King David. Listen to me, Lord, 
Hear the passionate prayer of this honest man. It's my piercing cry for justice. My cause is just and my need is real. I've done what's right and my lips speak truth. I I think if we wait for an event, if we wait for good to happen in our lives, if we wait for an easy day, then that means we're not passionate. Because passion is like a fire. It burns whether it's daytime or nighttime. It burns whether it's raining or not raining. And if your life is sad, it's actually your passion that gets you through the sadness and keeps believing in your sense of destiny. And so as we're discussing, I'm wondering how many of us as Christians actually have passion about God and about our purpose, not, not, not a commitment to it, not a belief that it's right, but actually it gets you up in the morning and gets you so fired up. I think part of the reason you get up and have a devotional or a quiet time in the morning is not because you're supposed to, it's because you need to, because that's where you reignite your fire. What do you think? Hmm. Now, I, the scriptures help because as I was thinking about that question earlier, you know, I was thinking for myself, uh, I don't know where passion comes from because I, I have things I'm passionate about. You know, I'm passionate about music. You don't have to tell me to listen to stuff or play guitar, and I just do it. And I was thinking about how I'm not always like that with God. I'm or about building the church, right? So I was kind of stumped there for a second because I initially thought what Nick thought, like I'm like something has to happen. You know, Paul. So let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. You said you're passionate about music. Mm-hmm. Remember you told me a story about John Mayer. Uh, he, was, he was he was trying to get a riff, oh yeah right? yeah tell yeah. me that story again tell everybody that story all right Casey missed that episode uh, <laughs> I was uh, so if you watch John, follow John Mayer on Instagram he does these uh, you know just live sessions sometimes he just talks about nonsense now who is John Mayer because some people won't even know who he is oh man oh man really <laughs> could that be po- all right uh, John Mayer he is a rock guitarist he got popular in the pop scene probably like early two thousands that was in high school so probably like two thousand. And he's was he's a guitar virtuoso. He started doing some pretty soft pop stuff, and then he kind of grew into more classic blues stuff, you know. And now he's towards the world. Now he's he's does a lot more social media savvy kind of stuff than anything now. And he okay, he, I think they got it. Yeah, yeah. Now tell us the story. Oh, and he's toying with the Grateful Dead too. So if you if you want to get a sense of what kind of music, I think he they plays. got it. <laughs> tell us the story. It's pretty passionate. Um. I, I actually don't think that's passion, but uh, I want him to tell the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was just, I mean, it was a short one. It was just, he was on Instagram one day doing a, um, just a live feed of him practicing guitar. And, you know, if you, if you play guitar, you look at John Mayer and you go, this guy's at the top of the game right now, right? Like he's doesn't get much better than that. But he was playing and he was frustrated with himself because he's like, I'm just trying to get this riff down. And he's playing and he's like, and to anyone who's watching going, that, that's the most beast mode guitar ever. Like that he's already amazing. But when he's, playing he's going i can't get this i'm frustrated i'm going to keep going i'm going to keep going all right see passion about music you said you're passionate about music Mm -hmm. i believe you like music Mm -hmm. but if you're passionate about music wouldn't you be doing what john mayer does that's true i should get i should go play right now (laughs) no i mean wouldn't you be like a guitar virtuoso to the best of your ability yeah yeah i think like i think what we i think sometimes what we think and then i'm pushing back a little bit on what you said mike sometimes we think we're passionate like I'm passionate for chocolate cake. I would eat chocolate cake for the rest of my life. I don't know that that means I'm passionate as much as I like sugar. Right? Uh, right. I think I love music. I love all kinds of guys. But when I listen to the Netflix episodes or the Netflix film about Bruce Springsteen, and you listen to that guy going hungry, uh, 
sleeping in, in terrible conditions. The Beatles are the same way. I read a book about the Beatles. They, these guys were in club. One of the best stories about Bruce Springsteen is he was doing the opening act for the, the band Chicago. I guess it was in the 70s or so. And Chicago was a huge band back then. So if you don't know what Chicago, the band is, just understand it was a massive band. It was huge. Everybody listened to it. He was doing the opening act. And there were thousands of people at the band, at the, the concert. And he played and, 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 you know, it was a huge opportunity. He got done and he told his band members, the E Street Band, he said, we will never do this again. He goes, I will not play in front of this kind of a crowd. They don't understand what we're doing. We're going to go back and we're going to go to clubs and we're going to find our audience. I think passion says, I don't need to have nice things. I don't need to have good food. I don't need even to have comfort because what I want, that one single thing I want is the only thing that will satisfy me. I think Mm. that's what passion is. And I think a reason a lot of people aren't passionate is because they misconstrue or confuse passion with enjoyment, with I like it. I like it a lot. Right. Uh, With I love it. And all those things, like it a lot, enjoy it, and I love it, can be emotional. I don't think passion is emotion. Passion is like your bloodstream, that if you were to lose it, you would die. Uh, I, I watched a film about writer, and uh, it's about, oh, I can't remember the name of the writer. I just blanked on it. He's one of the most famous. It's not Philip Roth. It's another guy. I forget his name. Um, great film. But the professor who's working with him, the, the writer wants to get published. He goes, I want to get published. I got to get published. And he brings a story to him, and his professor actually had the ability to publish his work in a journal. And the professor goes, let me ask you a question. What if you knew that the only thing your writing was ever going to get you was rejection, that you would never get published and your whole life you would just get rejected? Would you still be a writer? He goes, that's the question. And he said, the question is, are you writing to get published or are you writing because there's nothing else you could possibly do with your life? I think that's what passion is. It's not that you get your goal. I think John Mayer would play like that if he was poor. And I think that's the difference between us and John Mayer or us and Bruce Springsteen is these guys had nothing. And it was their passion for the instrumentation, learning how to play the guitar. Bruce Springsteen on Netflix talks about this whole thing about how he convinced his mother to buy him a guitar, how he brought it home and he just started trying to play it. They couldn't afford to buy one, so they rented it. He goes through this whole thing because he said his guitar was his life. I think that's what passion is. And I think sometimes we hate being told we're not something. I remember I was talking to Sam Manuel, who many of you know, (laughs) former pro football player. We were talking about basketball, and I was talking about, man, I wanted to be better at basketball when I was playing in high school, and I wanted to be more of a star. And he turned to me and goes, well, Rush, you know, height's a talent too. And he was referring to the fact you're not, you're not, you're not necessarily tall enough to be a star in the NBA. Play, play, you can play, but to be a star in the NBA, you got to have height. And it, was, it, like, it, like, it like blew me back for a minute. And I think some people may react like some of you guys are reacting like, I don't like being told I don't have passion. <laughs> I want to find a way to say I'm passionate. Right. I think passion is like fire in your soul. And it's something we all have to work out. And I think God pours that fire in. What do you think? Is that you can disagree if you want. I'm just saying I think 
I think that's I think you can't build a church in the first century or the twenty first century without Christians who are totally passionate, burning in their soul with a desire. And we shouldn't feel bad if we don't have it. Because I think you primarily get it from God. That's good. Because I think I fall into the category of I've always defined passion as emotion, like um, what I really like. Uh, you know, um, I thought I was passionate about becoming a doctor, and I just thought, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to study. I, right. I took the majors in, and then uh, I hit organic chemistry in, in college, <laughs> and I'm like, no, hey, I'm you're gonna... a better man than me. I saw <laughs> my roommate was pre med. He had the organic chemistry book, and I saw the book, and I was like, I, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But it wasn't, and as I'm, as I'm, you know, listening to our discussion here in the scriptures, I'm thinking that that this little thing it frames kind of where I've got to change because as soon as I hit organic chemistry and started failing it, I completely lost my quote unquote what I thought was passion for ah, pre totally awesome example. And I thought, oh wait a minute, and then what I realized was I don't know what I really am meant for. Yes. And that's the part where I think God has to come in. That, that's the part I don't really develop enough personally to really make sure I'm getting that. It's not a, a, a passion based on my circumstances or my degree or what people or my parents are telling me to do. It's something that no human being can put in me, but that gets me going through the hardest things. And, that's and, it. And that's, I, I, you know, I don't stay in this space much. I don't think about this. So that's what I'm thinking as, as I'm listening to description in this discussion. That's awesome. That's totally awesome. Let me read a scripture, and we're going to close out on that. In Jeremiah 20, it says, this is Jeremiah speaking. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. He's basically saying to God, man, you got me, called me to do this job of a prophet and to be this leader and everything, but you didn't, you didn't really tell me how bad it was going to get. You didn't really tell me how <laughs> right. terrible it was going to be. In verse 8, he says, Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. He's saying, all the sermons you're giving me, all the message you're giving me are violence and destruction. The t- you, only thing you gave me to talk about is that you're going to punish Israel for their unfaithfulness and get them back on track, and they're going to have to go through it. That's all you get. You've not given me any fun sermons. You've not given me any fun Bible studies. These are all like death and destruction. He goes, so the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach, reproach all day long. He goes, everybody who hears me talk thinks I'm negative, so they don't want to listen to me anymore. And they can't stand me, and they're mocking me, and they're ridiculing me. And then look what he says in verse 9. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I don't think you can build a church in the 21st century or the 1st century unless every one of us sits down. And I have to do this a lot in my life and sit down and go, you know what, Russ? You're not passionate. You're committed. Mm. You're not passionate. You're here. You're not passionate. You're just determined. You're not passionate. You're ambitious. Passion is a fire in the heart and a fire in the soul. We hope you'll join us for more episodes of Despirituality. This one is on passion. We hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net where we have devotionals, videos, and articles. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Deep Spirituality and click subscribe. You can also find us on all your favorite social media platforms. So be sure to give us a like or a comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. 
Thanks for listening.